Uh, man, grateful that you're here today, and uh, today we are wrapping up uh, five parts, five parts of a sermon series together called Live Out Your Purpose, and uh, here's kind of the foundational part of why we've been saying that phrase, talking about that for now five weeks, is because the, the mission for 11 years of our, our faith family, our church family, has been that we exist, while we do everything that we do, to see people exchange, that's where the exchange word comes in, old life for new life in Christ and live out their purpose, okay? And that, that's like, that's who we are. That's what we do is that we exist. Our desire, our mission, everything that we do is to see all people lay down or exchange, surrender their old life, because we've all got one, to find a new life that only Jesus gives, that he gives that. But get, guess what? It doesn't end there. Despite what many people would believe, like it's not just raise a hand, check a box, surrender my life, pray at youth camp, or, or D-NOW, or VBS, or wh whatever I walk through. But then, listen, there's a relationship of living out your purpose. And so we want to be a church family where people are living on purpose for God. And so today we're going to continue and round out that series of conversations. I want to take you back for just a second before we move forward. Um, week two and three, if some of you are back with us earlier in August, um, part of our purposes on week two and week three were that God's purpose for you and for me is for you to serve him. Like that, that's what saved people do. Saved people serve people. And so we're, we're a church family. It's all about serving and loving other people within our church and even outside of our church. You heard the stories of Mission Knoxville earlier. That's just more people doing what? Living out their purpose of giving life. And uh, on week three, we talked about leveraging our life for the next generation. Some of you may have remembered that. And uh, my friend Charlie came up to me at the end of that gathering. I got a picture of my friend Charlie. You guys show that. Um, that's my friend Charlie. And uh, See, here's the deal about Charlie. Charlie can't always make it to our Sunday gatherings. Um, Charlie actually became a covenant member of our faith family uh, back earlier in 2023. So like Charlie's in the family. And uh, Charlie was able to make it on week three of the series as he heard us talk about giving life and living out your purpose and, and uh, blessing others through the way that we live. And uh, Charlie, if you can't tell there, Charlie is um, confined to a wheelchair and he lives at one of our local assisted living facilities, and Pastor Tyler and I got a chance to go hang out with him. But on week three, Charlie rolled up to me just right here at the end of our gathering, and Charlie looked at me, and the very first words out of his mouth, I hadn't seen him in a few weeks, the very first words out of his mouth was, he said, um, how can I serve? Where, where can I serve? You see, in that moment, that's how I felt too. And I was I was humbled. I was challenged by Charlie's obedience, his desire to live out his purpose, to give life, to impact other people. Because, see, Charlie, Charlie's in on Jesus. Charlie's a Jesus follower, been following Jesus for a long time. But he goes, God, how do you want to use me to live out my purpose? And so, man, just my challenge to you and me today, all right, is may Charlie's faith, may his boldness, may his obedience be a challenge to us to be live out our purpose, serve other people. In fact, uh, if you walked into the building today or you can go on our Live Out Your Purpose website, as part of this series, we highlighted 82, 82 different needs that we have within our faith family where you can serve and live out your purpose and serve others. Okay, 82 of them. All right, and so they are out in our lobby today. They're on our Live Out Your Purpose website, places for you to plug in and bless others. And maybe you want like a little status update. We actually still have dozens 
and dozens of those spots still available, okay? And so here's my prayer, just unapologetically, I'm praying that God moves you to be one of those people, to be maybe a little more like Charlie, but perhaps even more so a little more like Jesus, okay? To, to live out your purpose and to bless and impact other people with your life because what we do matters. Now, here's, here's what I want us to grab onto today is that the greatest tragedy, the greatest tragedy of your life and mine is this, that we would come to the place of an understanding of our need for Jesus, that we can't save ourselves, that we would realize our need for Jesus, that we would ask Jesus to come into our heart, as some people would say, or to save us, to become the leader and Lord of our life, that we might go so far as to maybe take the next step of baptism to publicly share, like, my need for Jesus, he's now leader and Lord of my life, and then we would just quit. On our spiritual life. You go, that sounds ludicrous. Who, who would ever do that? I'm just saying that I watch it happen dozens and dozens and dozens of times that we would say yes to Jesus and then, I don't know, maybe you show up to a church event here and there. You pop in on a Sunday when the weekend's not too busy and it works out. You throw up some 911 prayers when life gets hard and you really, really at that point got to have God to come through, but that we just give up. Here's why that's so tragic, is because in that, we miss, we miss that God has created you, he's called you, and he's saved you to live a specific, unique, sovereign, God-given purpose for your life. He calls us to know him and then to live on purpose for him. I want to give you the fifth and final kind of big purpose statement for our series. I want you to write it down and then we're going to break it down for the rest of our time today. God's purpose for you is for you to live on mission. Okay? God's purpose for you and me is for you to live on mission. You and I were made for a mission. The reality is God is at work in the world. And I know that's not what your news channel says or maybe what, not what your social media feed feels like, but I'm telling you that he created it all, he sustains it all, and he is still sovereign over it all. He's at work in the world. And so then he looks at you and I, if we're in him and we are his church, and he says, hey, would you join me in my mission? Would you join me in what I'm already doing? In fact, the English word mission comes from the Latin word for sending. For our role as followers of Jesus is to be sent into the world on mission for Jesus. Let me give you Jesus' words from John chapter 20, verse 21. You can see it on the screen. Jesus said these words. Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father, God the Father, has sent me, Jesus the Son, I am, Jesus says, I am sending you. Now, who's he talking to? Well, Jesus was talking to his disciples, and he's talking to every single one who would say, I want to be a Jesus person for the rest of history. He's talking to us saying, I'm sending you on mission into the world, and the same thing is true for us today. In fact, the mission, think about it this way, the mission that Jesus lived out in his physical body, right, that we could read about in the New Testament, the, the mission that Jesus lived out in his physical body is now the mission of the body of Christ, also known as the church. And he invites us into that mission. Now, here's the question. We've got to establish this before we dive in. What is the mission? 
Like, what, what really is that mission? We could probably throw a lot of things at the board today at that question. Maybe a lot of things would be fairly accurate, but I want to center us in one way as we kind of break this down. What is the mission that God's called us to? Well, let's do this. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, which is the foundational passage of like where the exchange started 11 years ago, and let's look at what Paul says. So look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're going to read just three verses, and here's what Paul writes. He says, all this is from God. Now, if you don't know context, verse 17 is the verse where old things become new, right, in Christ. And so all that happens through God. That's what Paul's saying. All that exchange, all that life change, all that mercy, it's from God who reconciled us, you and me. If you're in Christ, he reconciled us to himself through Christ. That's why Jesus is all that we preach, because it comes through him. And then, here it goes, and he gave us, feel this, he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. And he's not counting people's sins against them. Thank you to the cross and the tomb. And he has committed, here it is, Paul's like, you may not have caught it, so one verse later, hey, pay attention, lock in ADD, right? And he's committed to us the message of reconciliation. Now, here's job description. We are therefore Christ ambassadors, his representatives, his go-to people, as though God were making his appeal through us and our message is, we implore you, we beg you, we plead with you, we pray for you on Christ's behalf. Would you be reconciled to God? That's it. Like, that's the mission. Or let me state it this way today for simplicity purposes. Our mission is to invite people into relationship with God. Fairly significant, you might want to write that down. Our mission is to invite people into relationship with God. Now, don't mishear that, okay? We don't save them, right? That's through Christ. But through us, God accomplishes the mission that he's been about since the beginning of time. Think about it. Jesus came to earth, and what did he say? I came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to rescue, to redeem, to reconcile you and me from all our waywardness and craziness and the evil and the enemy, and he came to get us out. And as soon as he saves us, guess what he also do? He calls us into that same mission of reconciling people. He saves us, and then he sends us. So for clarity purposes today, what's the mission? I mean, the mission is that you and I are called in Christ to invite people into relationship with God. Now, Here's where I want to go. Scripture gives us, and we're going to use a lot of different passages today, Scripture gives us some significance to that mission. Like, why does it matter? Because some of you just heard that, and you're like, man, I've been hearing that since third grade Sunday school. Go and tell people about Jesus. Yes, correct, and here's my question to you. How are you doing it, living it out? I have to evaluate my own life with that, right? I, like, because here's where we are. I don't know where your faith journey is, but our goal as a church family that's growing and trying to mature in him, is not that we would just like read this thing and go, wow, that's good, man, that's good stuff, amen, God. But that we might do what James says, that we might not just be hearers of it, but that we would be doers, okay? May the gathering time 
may it not just make us smarter, but it may transform us and challenge us to go live more like Jesus in the world. So here's what I'm doing today. I'm going to give you five different reasons, if you will, that support this mission of inviting people into relationship with God. Why do it? Why does it matter? What is it accomplishing? You ready? Write these down. First is your mission is a continuation of Jesus' mission on earth. Your mission is a continuation of Jesus' mission on earth. As people, Jesus calls us not just to come to him, Matthew says that, but to go for him. Matthew also says that. Our mission is so important, and Jesus emphasized it so much that he speaks it five different times in five different ways, actually in five different books of the Bible. Now, I'm not going to have time to break it all down because you want to go to lunch at some point, all right? but I want to read to you just a snippet of some of these passages of Scripture and uh, see if you just catch on to a theme. You ready? I'm going to give them to you quickly, maybe write down the reference. Matthew 28, 19, you've heard this one before. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Mark 16, 15, he said to them, Jesus said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. One book later, Luke 24, 47, repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name, Jesus' name, to who? To all nations. John 20, 21, next book. As the Father, Jesus says, has sent me, we read it a second ago, I am sending you. Acts 1, 8, you will be my witnesses. You, who? Jesus' followers will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Notice a running theme there, class. Right? All five passages could have given us a dozen more. Jesus says, go. Be sent. Go to the world, to all nations, that all people might know. See, our purpose is to live on mission, and to live on mission means that we must go. Now, hear me. Sometimes going means going across the street. Sometimes going may mean going to Knoxville, Tennessee. Sometimes, for some people, going may mean literally to the other side of the world. But the mission is still the same. And we cannot hear Jesus' words, read Jesus' commands, and think, well, maybe I'm just called to know Jesus, kind of do my thing, pop into church when it works out, and call that obedient. There's no margin for that in what Jesus calls us to. He says to live on mission means that you are ready to go, or as we interpret the Great Commission, that you are on the go. Like, it's how you live every day. Now, Listen, here's where we get it messed up, and I've heard people say this. Sometimes in our Bible Belt culture, where we got so many churches, and we've heard a lot of Scripture, and maybe it's misinterpreted, but we've heard a lot of stuff. Listen to me. We can hear commands like the Great Commission, Matthew 28, that I read a second ago, go into all the world, make disciples of all nations. And listen, and, and here's where church folk can think is, well, that's, that's the pastor's job. That's, that's the missionary's job, right? And I think that's what we pay the ministers to do. Like, they go do that, and then we come and sit and hear about that. I'm just saying today, church, may we come to the understanding that it could not be further from the truth. Every member of Christ's family is a minister of the good news of the gospel. 
It's everybody's work. If you're part of God's family, you are Christ follower, then the mission is not a suggestion like we talked about a few weeks ago. It's not a suggestion, but it's a command. It's a mandate from God. Our mission is a continuation of Jesus' mission. Here's number two. Write it down. Your mission is an incredible privilege. Now, the way I just described it, number one, if Jesus started it, you're like, whoa, weighty. That's weighty. Like, there's a lot to that. I don't, I don't even know if I was ready for that today. Well, here's the good news part. Your mission, our mission together of inviting people into a relationship with God, it is a, it's a great privilege. Let me read to you again um, 2 Corinthians 5.18. Uh, I want to read it to you from the Living Bible because I want you to, to see how it phrases it. Catch this. God has given us the privilege, the privilege of urging everyone to come into his favor and be reconciled to him. What did Paul call it? He said it's a, it's a privilege. It's a joy. See, our mission of inviting people into relationship with God comes with two amazing benefits and privileges. You ready? One is working with God, and the second is representing God. Both of those, you and I, we're not worthy to hold that job title. But he invites us into that privilege. In fact, 1 Corinthians calls us co-workers or co-laborers, co-laborers with God. Um, if you have a job or you've ever had a job, as long as you're not a one-man band, okay, you have worked with some interesting co-workers. Can we just say it that way? Is that, is that graceful enough? Is that PC enough, right? We have some interesting co-workers, okay? And they're with you today. This would not be the moment to elbow them, look at them, nod at them, bring up past sins of their life, okay? But I'm just saying, we work with some interesting people, right? God's created a lot of unique creation. Um, how many of you, just raise a hand, again, don't look at your neighbor, but like, how many of you, you have the co-worker at your office, your job site, wherever you are, um, that's just like, the talker, like just chat, 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 anybody? Okay, cool, all right, a lot of people, um, and like, it's like, you, you walk down three hallways in the wrong direction to get to your office, because you're like, like I, I really don't have 45 minutes to hear about your weekend and what happened with your dog's paw, okay, like, I just don't, I love you, you're my co, I just don't have that time, love you, grateful for what you do, right, um, how many of you have this one, how many of you have um, the slow worker co-worker, anybody that's got somebody that just moves at a snail's pace, and you're like, like, seriously, I could accomplish this 10 times faster if I wasn't working with you, right? Um, it's 5.30, and we've got so long left to go, right? Okay, the slow, and how many of you got this one, uh, the, the drama coworker, like the drama magnet, that they're always drama, right? It's like they bring their personal drama to the office, thank you very much, or they just create drama, just like at work. It's like a drama magnet. Some of you are looking at me a little strange, like, I don't, I don't know, I don't work with any of those people. Saying, be, be careful, it, it, may, it may be you, okay? I, I, if you can't raise your hand, like, just self-awareness. It's a good thing to have. Um, what, I, what I bring up that silliness of things we navigate is because, here, listen, here's what Scripture says, that when you and I live on mission and we walk up under our purposes, catch this, we are co-workers with the God of creation. Like he said, hey, come be on my team. Come sit at the table for staff meeting. And then may I send you into the world to accomplish what? My work. My mission. And Paul says it is a great privilege. It's a weight. It's a responsibility. But hello, he invites us. The God of creation says, hey, come work with me on my project. So your mission is an incredible privilege. Now, 
truth three, significant and close to truth two, but it's different. Receive it this way. Your mission carries eternal, keyword, eternal significance. Your mission, our mission, carries eternal significance. This week I was um, thinking through just the hundreds of people that kind of call this place their spiritual home. And we got, like, we got some VIP people who are a part of our um, faith family. I'm talking about some people who do some really, really like, important things with their life, with their career. It's what they do. Um, we talked about them a few weeks ago. We've got teachers and principals and school administration and coaches who are on like the front, front, front lines of you and I's crazy kiddos, right? But man, they're, they're doing their best to love them and grow them. And I'm just saying like, hello, man, you're, we're so grateful for you. There's people who, like some of us, could not do what you do. So thank you for saying yes. We've got um, military members who are part of our faith family, some who are literally serving on the other side of the world, like right now, so that we can do what we do. And man, honor, respect to them. We've got people who are first responders in our faith family. Um, we've got people in our faith family who help set laws and policies in our state and in our community so that we can function and have unity together. We've got um, business entrepreneurs and leaders in our community. And, uh, man, at the end of the day, like, their economic impact matters. It's a big deal. Um, like, there's a lot of people who do a lot of really significant things. And I know, like, if I didn't list your job, it's really, really important. We're grateful for you. Just don't email me, okay? We're thankful for what you do. Go, go keep working hard. But, but here's, here's what I want us to land, land here. When we walk out our mission and live obediently to the call of God through the word of God, listen to me, we are literally inviting people into an eternally impacting significance for their life. And there is no job title, no resume, no career experience of anyone that equals the significance, the weight of what God says, hey, come walk with me and God calls us into that. Now listen, the consequence of this mission will last forever. Like I know you'll retire and your company will give you a plaque and a bonus check and you'll walk out and that'll be the end. But this mission that we're on, catch this, it will last forever and there's an urgency to it. In fact, let me read to you Jesus' words, John chapter 9 verse 4. Jesus says we must quickly quickly carry out what? The task that are assigned us by the one who did what? Who sent us? He saved us, and then he sent us. And catch this. Here's the time frame. The night is coming, and then no one can work. Jesus is saying, we're not going to just tarry on this earth and live on this earth forever. Like, there's an end to this coming. Therefore, the mission that God's given you is not just to be an electrician, a teacher, a banker, but your mission as a Jesus follower is a warning that a deadline is on it. Like the clock is ticking on our life mission, therefore we must live with urgency. Now hear me, because you, you could misconstrue this today. This doesn't mean that you have to quit your job and go live your life as a full-time evangelist. But what God is inviting and calling us to is for you to live on mission Wherever you are, wherever he's planted you to be, 
is where you live on mission as a student, as a stay-at-home mom, a construction worker, a CEO, a salesperson, a retired person. God's purpose is for you to live on mission with whoever God puts in your path where you live every day. Go and be a minister. Go on mission. And when we realize, point three, the eternal significance of this mission that it's not just Sunday talk, but it's life mission. Listen, it'll increase the urgency and the intentionality with which we live with. Guess what? It'll change the way that you go to the grocery store. What are you talking about? I'm just saying you walk by the people on the aisle that you see a little bit different. It changes how you're going to go eat at the restaurant after the gathering today because that waitress is no longer there to serve you, but you're on mission. It changes the way that teachers are going to teach some children inside classrooms this week. Why? Because you're on mission. Now, can I tell you the problem that, man, even though I thought about it, like my own life this week, the problem is many times as, as Christ followers, as Christians, we can forget the hopelessness of life without Christ. What do you mean? I'm just saying if you've been following Jesus for 10 years or 20 years or kind of like me, close to 30 years, it was a long time ago for me where I remembered that my life was hopeless and lost without the good news of Jesus. And sometimes we can lose that significance. We can forget what that felt like. But listen, let's not be mistaken that as we look at our coworkers and our neighbors and family members even, listen, no matter how content or put together they may be on the outside, and man, we're good at that as American culture. We can mask it, can we not? Listen to me. No matter how put together they may seem, if they're living life apart from Christ, there's an emptiness in here. There's a void that they cannot feel. And God invites you and me into being a part of that eternally significant mission. Number four, your mission gives your life meaning. Your mission gives your life great meaning. A great American thinker named William James said, the best use of life is to spend it for something that outlasts it. Come on, William. The best use of this life, the one life that we get, is to spend it for something that outlasts it. And can I just say today, like breaking news, the truth is the only thing that will last is the kingdom of God. And I know there's a lot of things, man, we think are going to last forever and stand forever, but I'm just saying Scripture is really, really clear that at the end of the world, it all crumbles and it all fades and it all vanishes, but only what the Lord has established will stand. You know what that means for you and me today? That means the mission lasts, but it also means the only way that you and I are really going to have meaning, like waking up in the morning and going to bed at night, like, man, I was a part of something is when we leverage our life for something that is eternal. I don't know about you, but like, man, there's been seasons of my life where I get so narrow-minded, so focused on like my here and now, <clears throat> not all bad things, but just like right here in my face things. And I start feeling just a level of like spiritual dryness. And it's like the Lord just kind of shakes me for a moment. He's got like, man, you, you're, you're not leveraging your life wholeheartedly, foundationally, for things that are eternal. They're going to last when all this crumbles. And this mission that God invites us in is significant eternally. 
And so if we fail to live out our God-given mission on earth, what, what could we say? Well, plain and simple, we ultimately say, man, I wasted my life. Like, I did not leverage my life for what mattered. Let me give you Paul's words. Acts 20, verse 24. Acts 20, 24. Paul says, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. Catch this. Paul says, my only aim, like the greatest desire of my life is not to clock out at five, build my 401k, send my kids to the university. The greatest aim of my life is to finish the race and complete the task that the Lord Jesus has given me. What is that task, Paul? Well, it's the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Have you ever thought about there are potentially people on earth that perhaps only you will be able to reach because of where you live, who God's called you to be, and what he's made you to be. Think about, what, what, if, what if just one person, just one person in your lifetime, God used you to impact them in such a way that they said yes and their eternity was changed? Just one. your life would have made an eternal significance. Maybe you can think about people, a grandparent, a Sunday school teacher, a church leader, a best friend, a coach who loved Jesus and coached you, and how they leveraged their life on mission for your life, and as a result of that, you sit here today with the hope of eternity. Praise God that they lived on mission. And guess what? You and me too. You and me too, in your workplace, in your neighborhood. Now, here's the tension. Don't miss this. Here's where I find us, and I'm putting myself in that boat sometimes. Many times where we slide to as humanity is we complain about the house we live in, which was a little bitter, bigger, which was in a different neighborhood. We complain about the job that we go to. Man, boss is so annoying, so demanding, extra hours, don't like it. Or the school that we go to, so much work, don't like the teachers. Not Listen. What if, what if you began to live with the realization that for this season, God has uniquely placed you in the house you live in, in the neighborhood you are in, in the classroom you go to, at the workplace where you are, so that you could live on mission for him right there? changes how you go to work next week, doesn't it? And what if for the next season, like, well, I know, I know it's crazy, but like, what, what if? What if when you walked into your classroom this week or you walked onto your job site or to the end of the driveway to take the garbage out and the neighbors across, like, what if you changed the question and the question became, God, who is the one person in my world, in my circle that you want me to impact? God has created you to live out your purpose on mission for him. And what does that mean? Well, that means your life has great meaning and significance. Give you one more truth. This is the heaviest one of them all. You ready? The fifth and final part of this call to live out our purpose by living on mission is this. 
that your mission, our mission, will cost you something. Your mission, God's mission through you, will cost you something. To fulfill the God-given mission that we have been given, it requires this. Watch this. It requires that we, we release our agenda. And we accept his agenda. Can I just like be real honest today? I know the preachers aren't supposed to be fully honest, but like I'm just going to try to be honest today. Um, that's not always easy. There's some Tuesdays where that's really hard. But living on the mission that is eternal, that carries significance, that gives your life, meaning it'll, it'll cost us something, church. So where, well, how do we get motivation? How do we get inspiration for that? Well, why don't we look to the greatest example? Well, who's that? Well, let's go to Jesus, who demonstrated for us what it looks like to surrender and lay down his agenda. In fact, you know the prayer. Before Jesus went to the cross, before he was arrested and crucified, Jesus prayed these words. Let's look at them. Luke 22, verse 42. Jesus prayed as he looked at God the Father, and he says, Father, if you are willing Take this cup, take this suffering from me. Here's the prayer, yet not my will. Yet not my will. But yours be done. Jesus, in the most eternally significant, hinging moment of all of history, he modeled for us what that prayer should really look like. That it's not God not my will, not my plans, not my purposes. But if I'm going to do this, live out your purpose, live on mission, live for what matters things, my prayer changes to, hey, God, your will and your plans and your purposes be accomplished in this life that you gave me. Make it matter, God. And a life on mission has a shifting perspective. You ready for this? From what we normally pray, God bless what I want to do. To God help me to do what you are blessing. Where you're moving, where your spirit is, where you're calling me. God, would you just help me? Help me to sense it. Help me to have power. Help me to have boldness. Help me to have courage. Help me to know what to say. Help me to know where to go. Help me to know what to do. God, you empower. And I just want to join you in the crazy, significant, eternal thing that you're already doing in this world. In essence, we're giving our life. It's like we gave God a blank piece of paper with our name already signed at the bottom and said, you fill in the rest. Here's how Paul says it, Romans chapter 6, verse 13. I'm going to read from the Living Bible. Paul says, give yourselves completely to God. You catch that word, completely? He's like, not, not part-time, not like the Sunday hour, not the best parts of you, not a segment of you that you might be proud to give to God. No, he says, give yourselves completely to God, every part of you, for you're back from death. He saved us. If you're in Christ, whoo, that's true of you, and then you want to be. You want to be tools in the hands of God to be used for his good purposes. So just like, I got to give you the whole truth today, church, that if you join him in this mission, which is obedient, 
It's going to cost you and me something. And I don't, like, I don't know. We're all at different stages of life. Maybe you're a junior high or high school student. Like, what does that mean for you? Well, can I give you the straight and narrow today? Maybe that means that you're not as much on the in crowd as you want to be. Why? Because you try to leverage your life to impact and engage students who may not be on the in crowd. Or maybe you're trying to take, take a stance for purity in what you post or how you speak or how you live. Can we just be real today? Probably not real popular. But it's on mission. Maybe for somebody, maybe my working people, and I know like this is way out there, far left field. No one would ever do this, right? But, but maybe you have to look at your boss that's offering you the promotion that's going to throw a couple of more hundo on the check, but it comes with more hours and more travel, and it causes you to neglect your first ministry, which is your family, and living out your purpose within your faith family. And maybe you have to say no. Because what's eternal matters more. Or maybe for you, it means that you have to buy the older, less expensive used car, even though that brand new truck looks so good, because you want to make sure you still have some margin so that you can live generously. Or maybe it means, and oh man, this is hard, maybe it means that you give up a night of your week, that you really got 50,000 things that you could do on that night, but God's calling you to lead a group or take somebody who's new in Christ and disciple them. And you got to say yes because you're trying to live out your mission. So I'm just saying tonight, it's today church, like it'll cost us something. I don't know what it is. It'll cost us something. It may be time. It may be energy. It may be resources. But following him cost us something. But may I not forget to include this. It's so worth it. I know, it's hard to grasp. Like, it's, it's so worth it. It's so worth it. Don't, don't, don't just take the preacher's words for it. Can I give you what Jesus says? Matthew 19, verse 29. Jesus says to his disciples, you and me, if you're in Christ, here we go. And everyone, everyone who's left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or fields. What's he saying? He's saying, hey, it cost you something. Like it was, it was a little bit inconvenient. Took you out of your comfort zone. Cost you your Tuesday nights. Maybe you had to be a little more generous. Maybe you had to turn down a comfort to live out your mission. Hey, here it is. For my sake, we'll receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. Jesus' words. So I'm going to choose to take him at his word. So let me ask you an honest question today, church. Are you, as a junior high or high school student, as a mom, dad, like are you truly living life on mission? Ask myself, are you living life on mission? Or, 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 are you just kind of going through the motions? Another day, more work, more school, family, make money, pay the bills, try to find some happiness and some comfort in the middle of it. You see, listen to me, church, listen, hear me. 
God did not just call you, and he called you. God did not just call you to be a junior high or high school student. Hey, do your best at eighth grade. Not all, that's not what he called you. He didn't just call you to be a mom or a dad or a grandparent or a spouse or a plumber or a teacher. I know like, hey, what do you do? And that's what you, I'm a plumber. I, I hang out at the construction site. I'm a boss over my company. I'm a teacher at this. No, listen, like God did not just call you to be an administrative assistant or a nurse or CEO of a company, but God gave you a mission. Like he called you into that mission. And that mission is that you and I would live our lives as long as we have to invite people, more people, to come to know a relationship with God. And for you and I, for you and I to be fully obedient to live out our purpose means that we daily, faithfully, obediently live on mission. Thanks for joining us online today. As we gather, we sing songs of worship, we center ourselves on the truth of God's word, we encourage one another through community, and we do it all so that we might be changed to live more like Jesus. Through our time today, we pray God showed you what it means for you to follow Jesus with your life and to live as the church in the world. We are available and ready to pray for you and encourage you as you discover and grow in your faith. To speak with one of our ministry team members or to have someone pray for you, you can text your first name to 601-397-6111 or message us through any of our social media channels. Our ministry team would love to pray for you and help you in any way. You can also find reading plans and other resources to help you take next steps in your faith on our website. That's www.theexchange.cc. As we close out our time today and prepare to scatter as the church, let's speak out loud our declaration together. We believe the great exchange took place when Jesus, who had no sin, became sin for us so we could know God. We exist to see people exchange their old life for new life in Christ and live out their purpose. Christ's love compels us to exchange ideas for truth. God's word is our standard. Selfishness for serving, we will serve others. Pleasing for reaching, we will share our faith. Keeping for dispersing, we will make disciples. Forgetting for celebrating, we will praise God. We are the church.